0: Hey, what's up, guys? It's Dan from Dapper Media. Welcome to the Fellows and Gents podcast. Today, we are joined by none other than UFC light heavyweight Mike Slow Rodriguez. How are you doing today, Mike?
1: I'm doing good. How are you?
0: I'm doing fantastic, man. I mean, look at you all snuggled up. You're you're ready to stream some Rainbow Six and, and tell hey. me about that. You you gaming right now, or are you playing some Rainbow Six? How is that going?
1: Uh, no, before you even called me, I just I just got in from uh, my in-laws. It was their birthday. So. Oh, nice. And uh, as soon as I came in, I started. up I, I got like three invites. People were like, are you trying to frag tonight? <laughs> so no. yeah, I might do that after this.
0: No, definitely late night streaming is always the vibe. We've seen definitely a lot of other fighters like Max Holloway, Stipe getting on the streams late nights. Definitely a nice change up from the fighting. Just kind of a uh, just to kind of get into it. Who, who's your favorite uh, character? Who's your favorite operator in Rainbow Six?
1: Uh, I like. I always go with like support. So like, I I never been a really good shot like yeah and no matter what game i ever played no definitely same shooting. yeah but i'm always like when siege came about it's like you don't only have to be good at just shooting there's so many other things you can be good at yeah it's a... like, oh, okay <laughs> so I, I i got really good at just playing like support roles but um i like playing like thermite on attack thermite he he's the one that's like a big the... fucking hole coming right yeah up.
0: the breach yeah, yeah, he's
1: the hard breacher. Uh, I like playing Hibana as well. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> Ace. He's he's the later one of the later uh, the newest hard breachers. Um, and on defense, I like playing Jaeger. Of course, he's like a main for everybody. Um, I like playing Smoke, Mira. That's, she's she's my favorite defender operator. I love Mira.
0: I remember I, I, when I played Rainbow, I think this is a great thing to, like, you know, kind of switch off of the fighting. But for me, it was Capcam. But just to kind of uh, talk about balancing in your life, how, how do you feel like just this whole new dynamic streaming on Twitch and just gaming is kind of uh, giving you a little bit of an escape from the fight life? Because most people look at fighters and they just think. Oh, fighting, training, all this uh general fighting stuff, but I think it's really nice to see a lot of fighters actually coming and going on Twitch and just showing that they're not just fighters and adding this whole new dynamic to their arsenal of skill sets.
1: Yeah, I um so I've always been a geek <laughs> before I even fought. So like I I have played like Yu Gi Oh, uh Magic, Pokemon, like also. Oh my god. It, actually and perfect I play- <laughs> <laughs> and i've played games all my whole life so it's all a natural thing to me you know it's not like anything different yeah you know? um so and then like i love fighting so it's like just adding both of, so it's just like the fact that i'm i guess you would say that i'm in the spotlight yeah pseudo in the spotlight and then i um it's just like people find out that i'm also a huge gamer as well so like it all just it just, like, helps out each other. Yeah, it's, but like,
0: a point. really good mix. I think that, honestly, like, yeah. even recently, Pokemon's been in the in the come-up. A lot of people have been talking about first-edition Pokemon booster box packs and just getting all those packs going. I think it's yeah. really nice to see, like, you know, it's just, it's a whole new dynamic. We got, like, Roxanne Montefiore with the good Dragon Ball, and it's just, it's so cool to see. But to kind of segue all the way into kind of where we want to go with the podcast and just to kind of uh, get, know you as a person, how did you actually get into mixed martial arts?
1: So, story is that—not story, it's a true story. I so I was in school, mm-hmm. and I uh, like at the time everybody was doing this thing. Like you walk by somebody and you hit them in the balls, and you like, oh, and you like, oh, what's the capital bank? like, what's the capital of Thailand? And they be like, I don't know, you about Bangkok? And you hit them in the <laughs> balls and run. That was like the thing at the time. So every so like you know I'm in school. And mind, you I got uh, eighty three, eighty three reach. So I'm walking. And I bumped shoulders with this kid and I hit him in the balls on accident, I guess. And he was like mad. He's like, what the fuck? And mind you, he's like five nine. Yeah. You know five five nine on a good day. <laughs> he tried to like he tried to like hit me up. He's like, oh, like, well, and mind you, I just started getting my growth spurt. I was like, I was like six two, maybe, you know what I mean? Yeah. And he grabbed me up. He grabbed me up. So like, I'm trying you and your fucking friends, man. And blah, blah. I was like, what? And I had a, a strawberry, a strawberry milk in my hand. So I just smashed him with it, and I hit him with a one-two, bam, bam, knocked him out on the you table. You gave him
0: the three-piece in the soda, as more him. That's what I would like to call it.
1: <laughs> exactly. Damn. <laughs> so I-, I knocked him out. I-, I knocked him out on the table, and then uh, my teacher grabbed me. A teacher, in my. Oh head. man. And he was like, "What the fuck?" And I'm like, I'm like, "Oh shit, I'm suspended." He was like, first of all, you're suspended. Second of all, he was like that was good execution." <laughs> So they break they bring me back to the office and, like I'm in the office so like I don't know not many schools had these but my school did we had a little police station like a little police office cuz we had school police Oh yeah we
0: did yeah we did too
1: Yeah so like we had a little police station that I'm in there and uh they're watching the the rewind on the tape of me knocking the kid out so like, huh That's wild <laughs> Damn like, Yeah, <laughs> yeah so, I mean my teacher, Mr. Costa, was like, listen, you're going to be suspended, but I want to, you know, I want to I wanna introduce you to some, so that you can, like, channel your anger and everything like that. And I'm like, all right, what is this? He's like, here, take these DVDs and tell me what you think of them. He gave me all these Pride DVDs. So, what the hell is Pride FC? So, I go home that night. First one I pop in was Pride Grand Prix 05. Um, it was Shogun. Shogun vs. Little mm-hmm. the very first. The Pride first of Pride. the trilogy, yeah. Yep, and man, I was glued ever since. I was like, "Holy shit, what is this? I need to be part of this. I need this. I need this in my life." And uh, so after my suspension was over, finally seen him, I told him, I'm "Like, oh, he's like, I'm gonna take you to a gym." And he took me to a gym called Boston uh, Muay Thai Academy. It's not there anymore. It used to be. It was in uh, Phil's corner, in Up's corner. And he took me there. I went up there, and I trained for the first time. And I've been stuck ever since.
0: I mean, of all the MMA fighters I've brought on on my thing, and there's not one that I can actually personally relate to the most other than this story, because, I mean, I have a similar story, and I, I for me, it was a bit different, because, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm kind of just like, I just graduated from high school, and I just yeah. got, so, like, COVID kind of uh, wrapped it up, but I kind of had a similar situation where I, like, I don't know, it's just something about getting in a fight, and then you just get this, ho- you're like, holy shit, that was badass, and then next thing you know, it's like you're looking at, you're looking at the UFC. You're looking at all these other fighting promotions. I mean, 1FC, Bellator. And for me before, I mean, the only fighter I knew was Gegard Mousasi just because he was Armenian like myself. And Oh,
1: that, yeah. is, my, uh, that is my guy. No, oh, no, I, I love, love that
0: guy. Gegard is I lo- cold,
1: cold, cold.
0: Easily one of the most underrated fighters of all, or most underappreciated. I think that for the resume that Gegard Mousasi has, he should definitely be up there and still in the UFC. Even Dude, fa- maybe have fought for a middleweight title.
1: Anywhere he's at, he's always the dark horse. He is always ready to dethrone whoever's at top. He's so good. He's so good. I hate that he left. I hate it. Because it, this whole 85 division would have been a whole nother ball game. It would be a whole nother beast.
0: I can't even imagine with Cannoneer oh and God. Mousasi how insane that would be.
1: Dude, it, this whole division would be insane. Like... It, yeah, it was insane. Insane. Like insane.
0: It's just like looking at the if divisions Moussasa right now. If was around,
1: Costa would not be fighting for that Oh, team. definitely, definitely. We I think get out of there. <laughs> I,
0: I think if, if I don't, I want to say focus your eye But if the Uriah Hall against Gegard Musasi was fighting and Gegard Musasi was fighting, I think the middleweight division would be easily, arguably a top three, not, like That's the true. best division in the UFC. It's just insane. Hell
1: yeah. And even, even when he came up, if he would come up to 205 with us, I mean. Yeah.
0: Banging. tough oh, fights,
1: man. He's a, he's a cold motherfucker, man. He's cold as shit. I love that, man. The way he just comes out, his whole demeanor, he's just like, he always looked like everything's beneath him. And he's not impressed with nothing. <laughs> That's it's how just, he always looks.
0: It's insane. He looks like literally one of those like Peaky Blinders goons with the hat he wears. <laughs> and it's just insane.
1: And then he's cold. Like, don't sleep. Yeah, Uh, when when is this fight with Lima? I think,
0: yeah, it's at the end of this month. It's insane. I think, uh, yeah, Bellator 250. Can't wait for that fight. I'm rooting for Musasi, although we got to go for my Armenian brother. It's just,
1: I I love, I love Lima as well, but I think Musasi gets
0: that fight. I think Musa, I think that if Musasi puts on a dominant because Musasi has mentioned that he would be interested, uh, he he wants to ride out the best of his rest of his career at Bellator, or he wouldn't mind at least that if that. I think that if he pulls on a dominant enough performance over Douglas Lima, we could even possibly see a Michael Chandler-esque move to be back to the UFC, but, I mean, Lord knows.
1: That would be dope. And if that
0: happens, that is probably one of the best, I mean...
1: If he comes back to that division, that division gets shooken up quick.
0: Yeah. Quick. And just to kind of, I mean, we're already hyped, but, I mean, there is obviously got to be dark parts in the podcast just to kind of get the elephant in the room and just a it's lot right. of a lot of people i mean i'm pretty sure a lot of people have asked you this and i mean me, including myself i went on your instagram right after this fight and i was just like that was i mean looking at the fight back it's a little bit understandable why like how you could see but it's still as a ref it's really it's just unacceptable, but going into <laughs> your fight with Ed Herman, obviously a very highly touted about. Before this, you fought Marcin Procneo, if I'm not mistaken, and yep. that was a great fight. I mean, a lot of people, I, I, from what I saw from that fight, your your clinch game was absolutely fantastic. You were throwing really good knees. You were throwing really good elbows, and eventually you caught him with an elbow, if I'm not mistaken. He got to the ground, mm-hmm. three clean shots. He was out. Great performance, first-round finish. I'm like, okay, this guy is the real fucking deal. He's going to... You know, he's a fucking guy to look out for in the light heavyweight division. And then, I'm just looking at a couple of names right now, and I'm going to get into them in a second, are fights that I'd love to see you fight. But Ed Herman, obviously UFC veteran, fought on the Ultimate Fighter. You went into that fight, threw great kicks to start off the fight, then got into the clinch where even the co- the commentators were like, oh, this is Ed Herman's place, but you outlanded him in the clinch. That fight was 100%. I mean, you were just going, I, I want to say, you were going berserk, you were going ham, you know, you were in your zone, and throwing elbows, body shots, body shots, you were segwaying, obviously, and then you throw you throw the shot, and you threw a knee, and then that one landed, and then another shot after it, and he falls, and I don't mean to, you know, it's a it's a bullshit situation, but then the ref pulls, and you're like... Just kind of run us through how how this whole situation just kind of felt because you said what do you mean like you were confused among every, anything else?
1: Yeah, I was so confused. I was when he said time, I, I'm I was thinking to myself, I'm like, wait a minute, the round can't be over. That's the round. I was, I'm like, I'm thinking in my head. I'm like, is that the round? That's not the round. Why are you saying time? I'm like, there's no time out in MMA. So what what is this? But he said time, and then I I just sat back and. He had, and then when he said, Oh, a load below the belt. Oh, okay, I get it. Because, like, in, in his defense, I've landed that knee multiple times in training, and I've hit my teammates below the belt. In fact, when, uh, when I was in the Pratchino camp, that same exact way, I need my teammate, uh, Ross Levine, twice in the balls like that, back to back.
0: Oh, yikes, yeah, pull the Raymond Daniels. Oh,
1: I God. Like, oh. I was like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but yeah, um, but it's so funny. But that one time, the, the one time where I actually landed clean, blush, like they call it a ball shot. And I'm like, what the hell? Then, and, and then I was like, I was like, all right, whatever. And then um, I heard Bisping behind me or somebody, whoever the commentator, I think it was Bisping, they said something about the, he's milking it. And I looked up at the clock, I looked up at the. The replay the screen, yeah. There's a replay screen there, and I look up and I see it was to the body, and I was like, "Oh shit!" I was like, "Oh man!" So I'm like, "All right, whatever. Let him milk his time." But I, I didn't, I didn't get my emotions involved. I just was like,
0: "Yeah, it this is what, what it is." is? Yeah. Just
1: stay, stay monotone. Like, get ready. Get geared up. Get locked back in because you got to go fight him again. After he, he's a f- whole new fighter now. He just got five minutes off. So let's just keep working the same things we've been working, you know, just, just stay on. And, and that's exactly what I did. I just went in there and just kept it on. But,
0: you, know. you know, got caught and then got the Kimura and it was just a, it was a really unfortunate circumstance. And just your coach, Joe Lozon, if I'm not mistaken, uh, he yeah. was really probably, he was really mad from what it tell. you. They were talking about how your corner was furious and just really upset that that's how it was officiated. And, Just looking at the UFC recently, I mean, ever since 251, it's caught my eye that we've just been getting a lot of very questionable calls recently. And just, I don't know if uh, the Nevada State Athletic Commission or just anyone uh, who's taking care of the the referees, obviously, because the referees go through the commissions. It's just, it's hard to call and see what's actually going on or if, because they're human at the end of the day. I mean, at at the end of the day, we have to show our understanding because everyone can make mistakes, but... It's just kind of a. Whenever you're seeing people like even Herbs Dean getting flack for making these mistakes, it just comes to question what's going on. Like, is there something deeper than this? Or is it just like truly, really getting harder to call the game of MMA with much more, I guess, hidden? Or recently it's just been much more difficult to kind of, I guess, unpredictability, if that's the best way to put it, with a lot of fighters coming out being much more versatile and just all that it's harder to call but i don't know um what are your thoughts on just the overall experience what did dana come up to you or anything and just talk to you about it after it
1: so after when i was in the um in the medical room i'm sitting there talking to the doctor and um and i'm i'm looking down i'm like oh, he's like the doc's like hey are you are you hurt are you just that and the other say nah, i'm just i was like i'm kind of like just annoyed like, not not even it. Like, I was just indifferent. It was, like, weird. Because I felt like I won, but at the same time, I did I did lose. But it felt like I won. So I was, like, confused. And then I looked up, and I see Dana. Dana was like, you fucking won that fight. <laughs> I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> all right, if you say so. Then he was like, I was like, hey, and all my doubts gone, I won that fight. And he was like, you fucking won that fight in the second round. And that was the most horrendous shit I've ever seen in my life. And I was like, uh... I don't know I was like listen I, I just tried to perform The best of my ability That was it That's all I could do And you know It is what it is He's like nah You fucking won that fight And then um He was talking to Joe And uh my, my boxer coach Mays And then by the time I walked down the hallway To uh Get ready to get on my shuttle To go back to the hotel Joe uh Joe and Dan Joe and uh Mays come up to me And they're like Oh he said he's still Gonna pay you your win money because you wanted to fight and i was like oh why thank you i was like oh shit thank you and then i just we just left the hotel but it it was yeah it was pretty cool
0: yeah i mean a lot of social media outpour for you and just everybody it's insane to see the support of the mma community and the power and just to see everybody rally at you at, at your expense and i mean in a way i felt Bad for Ed Herman because he was getting a lot of hate over social media. But then again, I, obviously, I'm not a fighter. I can never even imagine what a fighter goes through in that octagon. I've never trained professionally a day in my life. It's really hard for me to, you know, kind of... It's really that, easy to Yeah. The breeze. Yeah. Yeah, UFC fire, you know, 100% finish rate. <laughs> no, Biggie. Six foot. Three. No, no, Biggie. <laughs> no, but it's just... um it's really hard to I mean it's really hard to make those calls and just to see Ed Herman get that hate I mean maybe maybe he shouldn't have if you know sometimes in sports like NBA when there's not really a call it's not really a call other teams will even that team who got the call will contest it and say oh no you know what just give it to the other team maybe something like that should have happened but at the end of the day in our hearts we know you won the fight and I mean, it's just absolutely fantastic to see the MMA world come and the bonus is just on top of it is absolutely beautiful to see from Dana because, you know, we're hearing a lot about fighters complaining about just their overall pay with UFC quote, quote unquote underselling its athletes. So it's it's just a really nice thing to see and a nice change of pace. But to kind of uh, change the subject, because I know a lot of people would, you know, say that that's a terrible thing to see and just. Um, Just to talk about your finish rate, because you mentioned, you know, one of the most, I, in my opinion, underrated fighters, you yourself with, I mean, you have nine knockouts and two submissions, I mean, 100% finish rate, talk about your versatility in the octagon and just, you know, fighting in the octagon, do you ever... Like, look... Obviously, a lot of fighters... We, a lot of people ask fighters if they look for the finishes. It just happens in some, in most cases. But do you ever go into the octagon with the idea that you want to go for that knockout? Or do you just... Even if the submission comes up, you know, go for that.
1: No, I um, I just try to stay... stay just stick to the strat. Whatever the strat is that we worked, whatever the game plan is, whatever. I just stick to it. And then um, if knockout comes, the knockout comes. Usually, with good game plans that we have, it always results to a finish because we always predict the finish from that game plan. But I was like, if you do this long enough for three rounds, you're going to knock him out. So, like, for instance, for example, the whole game plan for Ed was not to hit him in the face, not to punch him in the face. I don't Mm -hmm. know if you, I threw, like...
0: A lot of kicks.
1: A lot. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. A lot of kicks. Yeah. So, like, we didn't want to hit him in the head. Because We knew he was durable, we knew how durable he was. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody knows he is so, but like, but his body's definitely weak, so we wanted to just keep poking on his body. And we know he's really good at stepping it, like just coming forward with a he'll come with like a three two or like a two three, like that. That's like his thing. Um, so we just wanted to like keep him. Keep him as much as possible to keep him at bay. Just keep him at check, and what you did, because he, he he couldn't get in much at all. And if he did get in, I would just fire. I'll step back, fire my two, just to give him that. Like whatever, get out of here. And um, and it worked. It worked. It worked to a T. And um, and we just kept attacking the body, attacking the legs, attacking the body, attacking the legs, just doing that and picking away, picking away, picking away. And we eventually broke through. Uh, that was the whole game plan, and that, that was it. Also, if he anytime the clinch was happening, I was engaging it. Mm-hmm. We was not letting him gauge the clinch. I would engage the clinch. So, or if he did engage the clinch, if some random shit happens, he engaged the clinch, then we would reverse it, and I would be more physical in the clinch. But the whole point was just be as physical as possible, mm-hmm. and that's what happened.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. You you learned the whole Ed Herman yeah Ed Herman (laughs) game strat. Damn the the Mike Rodriguez exclusive. Yeah, like just talk about your experience training out of Lozon MMA. Obviously, Joe Lozon, you if I'm not mistaken, UFC veteran, and just training with fellow gym member Randy Costa, who had that absolutely beautiful knockout over Journey Newsom. Uh, Talk about just you know that that atmosphere, that veteran atmosphere, training with like fighters who have changed the game in some people's eyes and just talk about obviously a lot of people training at gyms in mixed martial arts just having that ufc presence in the gym
1: so uh joe joe's gym is like he keeps a um he keeps like he installed like a really good work ethic in all of us and all of us that fights under him like if you notice one thing you can say about all of us we all work hard we all work our asses off and, um, because Joe works so hard and he installed that in us. He's like, nah, you got to get this right. You got to do it again. You got to do it again. You got to do it again. Better, better, better. Doing it better and smarter. That's all he's all about. Doing better things, doing things better and smarter. Grow, just g- about growth. Always constantly growing. So, um, yeah, he's always, he, he, he's always pushing that. So that, that was one thing that was like a huge step up from where I was at before. Cause I didn't start with Joe. I was originally at uh, a gym called, um, uh, uh, trifecta mm. which is it's a i, I still go there to this day it's a great gym love it love the guys there but um the thing about um the thing about joe's it just it brought it catapulted catapult like i was already good here and i needed something uh a step up to get as good as i could possibly get and that's what the transition from trifecta to joe's like what happened and uh, shout-out to Kenny Kwan, my my former coach, because he's the one that pushed me to do it. He was like, that's the way you need to go. You, it was going to catapult you up. And uh, that's what I instantly picked up there. But, yeah, Randy Randy crushed it. Randy's the same way. Randy's hard, work hard. That motherfucker runs like it's nobody's business. Yeah. <laughs> he's probably running right now. That dude runs like crazy. And he's always training. He's always training, working out, like just always doing stuff. So... Uh, yeah, but it was good to see him go out there get that that uh, that uh, knockout. It was clean, dude. It was clean. I like the same side. Boop, This shit was clean.
0: For me, that was easily a fighter the night, the great best finish of the night, and it was just yeah. on on top of that, it was a great card. But just to move on, because you, I think th- I thought this year, and I still think this year is gonna be a Mike Rodriguez year because. We see a lot of fighters, uh, Bobby Green most recent, most notably, I mean, 3-0, and Hamza Chemayev, 3-0 and in this year. And you've already had two fights in this year, if I'm not mistaken. Just, you were building, you're still building a momentum. Even with that Herman loss, your stock went up tremendously. And just, I want to throw out a couple of names that I think, I think they would definitely interest you in a fight. But I mean, has the UFC come to you with a fight offer or like what, what's going on? Right
1: right now no we uh everything's just chill they're in abu dhabi doing their thing they ain't worried about me right now
0: (laughs) no but definitely i think that um there there's a couple fights that definitely interest me obviously some fighters fresh off the contender series or some of them coming off a couple of losses definitely i think it's some interesting fights uh i have the names paul craig alonzo Menafield, and william knight do any of those names entice you or interest you in a potential fight
1: William Knight. I wouldn't fight William Knight. I'm actually trying to train with him. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm actually trying to plan something to go out to... um, Connecticut. Connecticut. Yeah. Yeah. He seems like a really nice guy. We we got the same manager. Oh, dope. And we... Since we were amateurs, we've been trying to link to connect. It's just... I don't know why. Like, just... We just never been able to. Whether he has something to do, I have something to do. We just can't, like, whatever. But, yeah, man, him, me and Will, we we, can't, we talk or whatever. I see. I always see him at the um, CES events and stuff. But, yeah, we're trying, to, um, we're trying to link up and do something for sure. I like him. He's a good dude. He's a wild man. I yeah. like him a lot. His um, win over
0: Brundage was absolutely insane. And his fight over camera, I mean, just absolutely dominant performance.
1: That man, dude, I don't know how he does it. He's he goes built, built fight- different. And, dude, he goes into fights, and he would he'll just be like, he, like you you go into a fight, like I right, like all right, he's he's gonna go do his thing, and then he just like I don't know, like kind of like fr- not freeze up, but he like gives gives them the fight for a little bit where he's in the, the worst places. And I'm like, fuck, Will, why'd you do that? He'll make like a crucial mistake, get like full mounted. I'm like, no, why? And then somehow, miraculously, just win the fight. I don't know how he does it. I don't know how long he keeps this up, but I fucking love it. Dude, he does it all the time. Like, I'll be... Me and Tyson will be texting each other to fight. Tyson's like, oh my gosh. Like, what is he doing? Like, what? (laughs) Like, like, chill, chill. He's the one to fight. Then he comes back and win it. It's the wildest thing. His whole career has been like that. I don't know. He's just... A wild man when it comes to that.
0: I mean, um, he's built like, insane. Like yeah, most people talk about his physique. They're just like he's probably the one of the best built UFC athletes, and it's just insane, Dude,
1: insane, <laughs> insane. And he's so he's he's wicked short too. Yeah, he's, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. he's like
0: five foot nine, five foot ten. It's just insane. Yeah,
1: but yeah. yeah I definitely I definitely want to. Yeah, um, I want to get some work with him for sure. Uh Minifield, I love Minifield. I like Minifield a lot. Huge fan. I was a fan before he even uh got into the UFC. Uh it'll be it'll be cool to fight him. Uh Paul Craig, I'll would fight him. No problem. He's fight he's fighting the person I wanna if I want to fight Shogun, but he's fighting.
0: Damn. I mean, talk about Shogun. Is there any is there a I mean a dream
1: fight for you? That is my dream. Oh fight. Shogun yeah. Rua Shogun Rua yeah. is your dream fight that yeah. I want that fight so bad. I, I just want it before he retires because he uh, he was in his, talking his last interview and I watched every Shogun fight because he's my idol. So I, mm-hmm. I'm just glued to every time he fights. So he's, it's like um, full circle. Yeah. <laughs> so he when he went and um, when he fought Little Nog for that third time, uh, which was a dope fight again, and uh, I'm like. And he was he was in an interview and he was saying like oh, I don't know I'm probably finished my last two and this that and this. I was like oh, can I have one of them I want one of them so <laughs> that'd be cool that'd be cool to fight it's like please please give me please please Christmas please Christmas
0: come early yeah <laughs> damn I mean absolutely oh. fantastic to see. I would love to see that just to come full circle you mentioned the watching the pride pride yeah. videos and just. It would be insane to see it full circle. And just to kind of close some closing remarks and just to see what what do you feel is uh, next for you? Like, obviously, you're still full momentum in the UFC. You're one of the, like, best non-ranked light heavyweight fighters in the UFC right now. Uh, where do you see yourself just, like, I mean, a year from now maybe or just next fight just in general in life?
1: Um, I'm just taking it right now. I'm just taking it one fight at a time. That's, all, that's the best way you can do it. Um, but for the time being, I just want to continue getting better and better and better. Um, that's it. i um, trying to still train during this whole COVID situation. Um, some people are a little shaken up and scared because they talk about we might be having more cases and stuff. So just trying to work on that. That's already a stress within itself. But that that's it. It's just trying to stay busy, stay active, stay in shape during this whole situation so
0: yeah definitely i mean by far one of my favorite episodes it's a great episode i say this every episode every episode it just gets better and better and i mean it's absolutely fantastic to hear you because like hear you like your story and just like what a fighter goes through and absolutely fantastic thank you so much for coming on the podcast anytime man. yeah man
1: anytime
0: it was a great podcast. If you guys enjoyed the video, please be sure to like, comment, subscribe. I will be linking all of Mike's socials in the description, including his Twitch. So run it up on his Twitch if you guys want to see him play some Rainbow Six. Because, I mean, <laughs> he may not know how to shoot on Rainbow Six, but he definitely knows how to play support. I mean, look at his Instagram. He just, two grenades gets cap can. If you know what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, guys. If you guys enjoyed the podcast, please be sure to like, comment, subscribe, share it with a friend. And, yeah, it's been me, Dan, from Dapper Media. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed Fells and Gents MMA. And I'm out, guys. Peace, guys. Have a great day.